And again, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm learning that sometimes if you don't clap for yourself, nobody will ever know to clap for you. Hey guys, I'm Tara Wilson, and this is the Fierce Lab Podcast, a series where women explore what it means to be confident, capable, and strong. That's Fierce, and we're here for it. The world of Ivy Owino, DJ for the Dallas Mavs. This is the world that we want to know. Give us the Ivy 101. The Ivy 101. Ivy is a 29-year-old dreamer and doer. I love it. And at this point in my life, I am just committed to the cause. And I say that to mean... You know, I think we talk about living life, but I don't, truth be told, I think it was that quote that so many people die and have never lived. I'm just really trying to live um, and enjoy what I do and enjoy what it is that I was purposed for and figuring it out on a more deeper scale um, and just being a good use of space. Like, how did that come about for you? I suspect you've always been a dreamer, but how did you get to this place where you're like, I know that I want to live and live in the moment. Having known you, I mean, you're so enthusiastic about life and opportunities. Have you always been like that? Or was there a turning point for you? I always have until I realized that I may have been doing it for the wrong reason. And I I wouldn't even say wrong. I would say I needed to do it for those reasons to get to where I'm at now. I have always been, I'm like a bona fide people pleaser. So I say that to me and I've lived a life where I felt like I needed to do things for my parents, for my family. It was always for somebody, you know what I mean? Other than me. And after a lengthy self-discovery battle, it's gotten to a point where The only answer is that in this time and in this space, I matter, what I want matters, what I like matters, what I don't like matters. It's it's a very I, 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 me, me, me space because I've always lived in the we, 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 you know, space and, and I'm okay with it. And I feel like I wouldn't be okay with it had I not fulfilled that other. I love that the the part you said, I matter, what I want matters. And I'm going to ask you, what is it that you want? But let's start with where you are. So you are the DJ for the Dallas Mavericks, but you've broken some real ground with your career. So why don't you share that with our listeners? For sure. So I am a DJ by trade. Um, I'm very fortunate enough to be the official team DJ and in arena sound director and coordinator for the Dallas Mavericks, as well as juggling a little bit of an entertainment manager slash consultant role with them. The beauty of that in that story is and the ma- the magic in it is that it's definitely not my first stint in that building. I spent five or six years um, as a ball kid for the team. Really? Younger years. Yes, absolutely. So there's, you know, this kind of like second coming of Ivy per se. 
Um, <laughs> I'm also on air as a mixer on KKDA K104.5, which is amazing because that's the number five market, radio market in the country. Very influential station to be at. And I also have history at that station as um, I definitely spent some years there as an intern during my teenage years. So that's currently what I do to earn a living. <laughs> in, in that space, but we're being modest. I, and we- I was gonna get there. I'm learning. I'm learning to not ignore the fact that yes, in my ascension in my role with Dallas Mavericks, that made me so their first ever female team DJ, um, second ever to my knowledge in the NBA, um, ever, um, ever, mm-hmm. ever. So that's that's really cool. Uh, I've been the first female you know, um, to ever assume duties of providing music at, you know, an all-star game, an all-star Sunday. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with the league in that capacity for about two or three times. Um, uh-huh. and, and I'm growing and building my relationship with the league and as an entertainer, as an ambassador. Let's just stop yeah. and celebrate that, Ivy. <laughs> I mean, how amazing is it that you have broken these barriers for women to to be able to have this kind of position within the NBA and this visibility. And the the thing I love about you is that A, you're you're so humble, which we're gonna work on that. We, we want you to cheerlead for yourself even more. Right. But you're holding the door open for so many others as well. And I think that is so worthy of celebration. Thank you, Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm, again, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm learning that sometimes if you don't clap for yourself, nobody will ever know to clap for you. Exactly. No. If you don't clap for yourself, no one will clap for yeah. you. Sometimes you got to let them know I'm here uh-huh. and I'm going to promote myself. And I love it. I totally love it. So you're a dreamer. What are these big future dreams such a big deal now right so i can't wait to hear more of what you're doing yeah it's it's interesting i'm allowing myself to float in the space of you know, also not knowing coming from a lifetime of having goals and smashing them what happens when what happens when you're not sure that those same goals that you had before are what you actually really want to do or were a product of this mechanism. I'm learning to be okay with saying I don't know what I want to do right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I don't I you know I, I'm okay with that for right now because it'll allow me to play and discover and um I haven't done that for a long time. I've always been on like this hard and fast yeah. machine to God knows where. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm- thrilled that you've shared that, that you're okay with saying you don't know. And I mean, that's a thread that tends to be woven through the Fierce Lab podcast is this thought as women that we have to have it all figured out. You said you're a planner. You've always been a dreamer. You've known what goals you had and you were going to smash them. And now you're at this juncture where you're taking a pause and to use your words, you're floating in a space of not knowing. Mm -hmm. I think it's so powerful when women share that Mm -hmm. because I don't think we're sharing that enough. And you tend, I tend to feel like, gosh, I am the only one that doesn't have this figured out. 
-hmm. when in truth, it's all of us. And when we're admitting it Mm -hmm. is that's where we really step into some power is that we can say that. There's power in submission. And obviously now that also ties into just where I am, like on a spiritual realm, but there's definitely power in submission. I'm okay with this now because I know that this is grooming for something, right? And Mm -hmm. I think it's actually perfect grooming for what I've always wanted to be, which is a leader. You know, we hear this term born leader, but Mm -hmm. I'm saying that leaders have their incubator periods too, where they have to learn how to follow because you can't, and whatever you're following now, that's that's different, right? Because I, I feel like I'm following a higher calling or, you know, there's like there's something that's above me that knows that I have to go through this crushing period in order for me to succeed at doing whatever's next, right? There also comes a certain level of responsibility with accepting, knowing that you're you're chosen, knowing that you're called, knowing that you're yeah. destined, knowing that you're purpose. So you have to be very quiet. Um, in this world where we're always moving, always doing, you know, as sure. a mother, especially as a mother, oh, there's literally a life that you have to forever put in front of your own. When are we ever taking the time to receive instruction from the universe, from yourself, from your soul, from deep within? I love that you said, I'm a leader. I've always been a leader. And then you talk about, but that leaders have an incubation period where they learn how to follow. And when you shared that, I started to think about Simone Biles, who just won her 25th gold medal. And I've read a quote from her recently that she says, if I say I'm the best gymnast there is, the reaction is, oh, she's cocky. And no, the facts are literally on paper, she goes on to say. And she says, I think it's important to teach young girls, essentially, that it's it's okay to say that they're great. Mm-hmm. So here you talk about that, you know, you're a leader. That fills me with so much joy to hear you say that, to hear a woman say, I know mm-hmm. that people are looking up to me, that I'm leading people. You mentioned being a mother. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear how you talk to your daughter about mm-hmm. leadership and her qualities and characteristics. Mm-hmm. My daughter and I have a routine. I I come from an incredible bloodline of women. You know, our family is very matriarchal, not necessarily by design, obviously by just circumstance, right? Just long line of very strong women. Uh Um, And so by default, I, I have always, it's almost like I was raised to be strong, right? I'm teaching my daughter that, there's, you know, that strength is great. The world is not what the same world my grandmother grew up in. It's not the same world that my mom grew up in. And it won't be the same world for her. And so, yeah, with my daughter, I'm just very careful about my biggest thing for her is to affirm her strengths, but also acknowledge her weaknesses. We all have them. Because only through acknowledging can you um, strengthen those to get them to where they need to be. So every morning, you know, I have affirmations. Tell me more about these affirmations. I love affirmations. I have 10 separate ones that I say every single morning when I put my jewelry on. I've talked about it. I've shared. You have Buddha bracelets? Is that what this is? Oh, girl. Yes, I have Buddha bracelets. But I, I was saying affirmations before Buddha bracelets. Oh, I Buddha bracelets. <laughs> okay. So oh. I believe in affirmations and I 
I think you were about to share that you have affirmations that you share with your daughter. I'd love to know more about that. Okay. First one, I am smart, kind of beautiful on the inside and the outside. Mm-hmm. And can I just say, I love that you started with, I am smart. Do you know how many times girls are relegated to their looks? Of course you do, or you wouldn't have started that way. I am smart. Ah, that, that. Uh-huh. That's the reason why, because I, I currently work in an industry where I really feel like right now, one of the biggest factors in, and it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a knock, but I do realize that your career will change based on how you look. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it just is what it is. Sure. You know? Um, but yes, this is why I start with her and I'm like, look, no matter what else you can think you will get where you're going to go because you know, not because you look. So I want her to grow up knowing that, Hey, how I look does matter, but you know what? It matters to me. It doesn't matter to anybody else. It matters how I feel about how I look because that contributes to how I feel about myself. And that's the importance of the beauty. Mm -hmm. It's not external all the time. You are so wise, Ivy. Keep talking. And then the second one is, who are your absolute best friends? And I tell her that, you know, who are your two best friends? Mommy and daddy, you know, because she needs to know that just as much as I am her mom, I am her first friend. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I will always be her best friend. And you'll so, stand beside her. You will love her unconditionally and support her, even when the, it's tough. And it's who loves you the most, mommy, daddy, and Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. you know that her love, there's earthly love and then there's like, like parent love. Then there's like supernatural, like spiritual realm sure. you know, type of love. Uh-huh. Um, and then after that, and I told her she's brave and she's bold and she's confident because mm-hmm. there's a difference in all those three, you know? Yeah. Um, now, I'm just curious, does she repeat them back or do you say them to her? I, what happened is I started them when she was in pre-K. I, I started with I'm smart, kind of beautiful on the inside and outside, and that mommy and daddy are her best friends. Because I felt like that was enough for her. Then when she was in kindergarten, I added the two more, which is the spiritual factor, and then mm-hmm. the fact that she's brave, bold, and confident. Because in kindergarten, you know, things things are new, right? Mm-hmm. And things are scary, and you might not always want to be, you know what I mean, say the yeah. truth or whatever. So I had to teach her to start stand firm in that. And then this year is first grade. We started saying that I can do anything I put my mind to. So help me God. Because again, oh, wow. there's that there's that personal factor. Uh-huh. And then there's that factor that some things are not meant for us as humans to figure out or do. And when we can't, there's something else above us that either says yay or nay. And we have to be okay with that. Yep. There's a higher power that's helping you exactly so she knows them all i literally have to say the first word and she can say i'm all on her own and then she does them herself i love it i have a question for you i once worked with a chef who i was blown away at the recipes that he could pull together and the way he made flavors combine and i used to say do you dream in food and i wonder do you dream in music like when you're alone and you're asleep or when you're really relaxed or calm, do you find that notes and tunes and that music comes to you? It surprises me how many lyrics I know, like a song will come on and I'm just like, what? Like, yeah. 
when are we going to learn this? Like, you know, I think that as humans, when it comes to feeling, right, because feeling is not classified as a sense. You remember that? Like, it's not. However, I feel like it's the most important. I think I feel I really feel like it is the sixth sense, right? So when you see something, smell something, hear something, taste something, touch something, I feel like all feeling there's a there's one of those senses that it p- appeals to the most. Yes. And for me it would be auditory. It would be it would be sound, which would be music. Mm-hmm. You know, what I hear in you and what I know of you and see in you is that, you know, music is woven into the fabric of who you are. And that's oh, yeah. I think what one of the things that makes you so successful and such a woman to watch is this passion that you have for the work that you do. One of the questions I love to ask on this podcast is, what do you wish your 21-year-old self would have known? What advice would you give back to yourself? This is another one of those questions where I'm just like, man. We need a whole other podcast for this. Wait, wait, this actually, you should have a podcast called, what would the 21-year-old you would tell yourself or do? Um, at 21 I might be one of those honestly man at 21 I legitimately like quit college for a year but it was because I had started DJing and the DJing became really lucrative and I just more and more did not understand the importance of formal education or the need um honestly mm-hmm. um not because I didn't get it I just felt like I didn't know if it was going to contribute to anything that I was going to do later on in my life you know do anything if I could suggest any change that the government make to our former education system is mandate a gap year somewhere in college. It doesn't have to be right in between high school. And like, I just think that before you do your senior year, you have to have taken a year off to do something. And what did you do during that gap year for yourself? Just deed Ah, That's funny because I had thought about, I was, I thought I was going to move to Atlanta. So I actually moved out of my apartment, subleased my apartment, sold everything that I had. On the same summer, I took a trip to Kenya with my mother for the first time. It was the first time that I had gone back since I had moved here. I came back to Milwaukee. I had one of the biggest shows I had played to date. 20,000 people opening for East Khalifa at Summerfest. Only to realize that I got cold feet and didn't end up moving to Atlanta. That gap year gave you perspective. Oh, my gosh. What, What else did you learn during that gap year? It was tough. Like I, I had to figure out how to quickly rebound. So it was one of the times where like I just got a temporary job just to raise income, but I was also still like, you know, hustling my side business. It was the first time I had ever slept in my car. So then I, I parked my car in the parking lot and then came this knock on my window at like three in the morning. And I'm like, wow, that's scary. You know what I mean? Don't know how many more times I could go through this. Same year, I got my car repossessed while I was at work. Whoa, with all my belongings in it, in the trunk. So I had to go to like the, the pound to get my stuff. Like, oh man, it was oh. a lot. Oh, Ivy, let me tell you, my first week on my own after college, I got my electricity turned off. I love to tell that story because it happens to everybody. I mean, you know, you're 21, you're out on your own, you're learning, you don't have a lot of money. I didn't have two pennies to rub together. And I didn't pay the deposit for the electricity and I got the electricity turned off. You know, this stuff happens. So I'm, you know, to hear you share, you know, you slept in your car, your car got repossessed. It's like these things happen. And then look at you now, like to your point, you learned how to rebound quickly. 
And I bet you grew more in that gap year than probably the three other years you were in college combined. Would you agree? Yes. Perspective. I've learned a lot about perspective, like just change how you look at things Um, and everything truly does work for the good for those who believe. And so that's great advice. Yeah. That's great advice. Well, this is Fierce Lab, the podcast. And the question that I ask everyone that comes on is what does the word fierce mean to you? What is being fierce? Fierce mean to me. Yeah. It it means to me, it's like a survival instinct kind of, kind of, Mm -hmm. kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, notion. And it's very necessary. I think it's one of, uh, it's a key trait in, in your most successful, um, women. You know, it's just a need. Well, obviously, I agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Being fierce is one of my daily mottos. Um, Mm. So I love that. It's it's a key, it's a feminine trait. Yeah. So, Ivy, I could talk to you all day. I so appreciate that you've taken the time to join us on the podcast and share your insights. You are a dreamer. Um, you're breaking ground and holding the door open for other women. Um, I love that we got to talk about the affirmations that you share with your daughter and the impact that you're making. Thank you, Sarah. I've loved getting to know you and getting to share time with you. And I'm inspired by you. And no doubt our listeners are inspired by you as well. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Tara, for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for listening today. If you liked this episode, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend. With your help, we'll grow the Fierce Lab community. And I would love to stay in touch. You can find me on Instagram at Tara M. Wilson.